Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's gonna hit the fan as Michael's son Juicy, or in this episode, Juice Son Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's gonna make it to the end of the episode. Who will live, who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food, and try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. Cancel culture, free speech, not being allowed to say what you want, Meghan Markle. These are the biggest threats to the UK today, and these are the topics of my podcast. I'm Harriet Langley Swindon, and this is Nonsensored. Producer Martin, how are we today? I'm very well. I'm very excited. Podcast Zero, here it goes. Out into the, the podcast bins, ready for people to download. <laughs> podcast Zero, indeed. Uh, to explain to any new listeners, this is a weekly highlights podcast of my daily radio show. It's hugely popular. Everyone listening probably already listens to it. But we thought we'd start this weekly highlights by going through the best of the past year, didn't we, Martin? Oh, and what a year it was. What a year. The, the best year that we, well, not the best year. I mean, one of the worst years, I guess, depending on who you, you talk to. But it, it was a year to remember, that's for sure. Oh, it really was. I mean, we, we had so many, so many things that we, we couldn't sort of fit in, didn't we, Martin? We really had to sort through. I, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, Martin. Yes. I'm sure you do. But one radio show, I did a wonderful defence of Prince Andrew. And people listening, we, we had many letters saying it brought them to tears. Yes. And it really made them reevaluate. The, the royal family and Prince Andrew. Mm, there was a lot of letters. There's uh, also a lot of letters uh, sent to Ofcom on that on that particular episode. So uh, I mean, it was it, it, I, certainly a big a big mailbag episode. Yes, yes. Well, I, I'm Ofcom is always is always good. What do, what do they say? Um, Please stop new, doing new, it. New news is is good yes, news. Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> but that's what people say, isn't it? It's a bit of fun, isn't it, Martin? I certainly found filling out those forms um, in, enjoyable. And, uh, well, we moved on, didn't we? We moved on. Yeah, and, and it was wonderful because you took the phone calls, really, and I think you, you really sort of bonded with the people, didn't you? Well, um, we certainly... There was a very informal feel to the phone calls. Uh, people were, were stretching the bounds of common uh, decency. Uh, they came up with some fun names <laughs> for me. Um, oh, Martin, Martin, do you remember when that that um, that little old woman followed you home? She was so angry at you, Martin. I think she she was throwing things at you. Yes, yes. Um, I, I did have to call the police uh, in the end, but uh, that's that's just one of the uh, you know the, the cross that we bear to bring the news to the people. Yes, at that home. was. I think that was. Um, I think that was after a piece we had where we spoke to an old person. Oh, how do you say it? Old old person atheist, really? Maybe would you say that? Didn't like old people. Felt that the government had actually done done a good job culling them over the pandemic, and this inevitably 
raised a few pulses with with some of the old folk. Yes. Which is something you should never do when you're old. No, absolutely. They've got nothing to lose. They're willing to throw down without without thinking about the consequences. Um, but we do love all oh. of our demographics uh, on the show. And I think this is a wonderful chance for them to uh, hear back the things that they might have missed. Yes, definitely. And, and I think what we're going to share first is regular contributor Ishan Akbar. He's very funny. Very, he was chosen purely from the fact that he was very, very funny, very funny man. Um, and he is also our diversity hire. He contributes to two features called Is It Woke? and Ishan's hot and spicy takeaway of the week. And I believe in this one, he talked about his feelings about taking the knee. So let's take a listen. Taking the knee has become a sign of the times where people are trying to highlight that racism is bad by getting down on one knee. Now, this is meant to be an inclusive measure that everybody can do. But from my perspective, as your diversity expert, I feel like it, it excludes the disabled. It excludes overweight people who might not be able to get up once they've gone down on one knee. And actually, the people that can do it are the ones who seem to have the physical abilities to be able to fight racism but what if you're physically unable to fight racism what are you a racist then uh, what like if you have no knees yes if you're if you have no yes. knees what, if what, you're what do you do less. then and also think about the number of women who are expecting a proposal but lo and behold i know you that it does this happened to my friend the other day my friend marjorie oh. had she'd been going out with her fella for a long time waiting for him to pop the question they were out at a restaurant wonderful setting there was candles oh it was, honestly she said it was so romantic anyway after dinner he gets down on one knee she is so excited she thinks finally we've been going out for 16 years i'm just waiting for him to pop the question no he's just protesting against racism awful right. awful she said it ruined the meal ruined he's the meal protesting against racism at dinner martin you should be able to you should protest racism wherever you can surely why do you have specific meals that you talk about no racism? no no absolutely not no i mean i i i pro i absolutely protest it i i protested at, at, what, at every meal and, and at lunch i well i wouldn't encourage it at any meal not even snacking you, you know between meals but boys i'm sorry why do we have to protest racism it's solved we've solved it now it doesn't it's not an issue i simply i simply can't imagine in this day and age, a black English player getting racist abuse. I, it just wouldn't happen. This isn't the 1980s. No, we solved it. Hello, goodbye. I'm on this show. That's proof, surely. Yeah, exactly. We've done it. We've done it. We've solved it here. I, do I have to go around taking but the knee? Why can't I just does... say, yes, I think racism is bad. No, I think we should boo these players. They're making it political. They're getting down on their little knees, and it's it's making it's making people feel bad. Personally, I think proposals. I think I've done some research. This is a ploy by the broadcasters because taking a knee lasts about a minute and minute to minute and a half. So the football matches now last, you know, ninety five to a hundred minutes, and they can get more advertising. And really, I feel like it's just 
a corporate ploy to have more football on television, but no one's talking about it because they've wrapped it with racism. Wow. Wow. I, so you think I'm it's just, a conspiracy? Just for legal reasons, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go out there and say that there's uh this is this is our uh, opinion here, and and we we're not accusing FIFA or any of the major channels of uh, rapping the sport. Oh, sorry, Martin. I didn't realise that you thought FIFA was a very upstanding organisation. I, I mean, I I don't know much about their workings, but um, I wonder if some of them were were actually just just doing it because the others did it, taking a knee. Um, or, or maybe sort of tying their laces. So the others, football, I, 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 I Martin, are you suggesting that those people don't think for themselves, they just copy what everybody else is doing? To be fair, Ishan, that's what happens with the Marxists. That's what happens. It's a cult. So I think Martin makes a good point. They're all oh. bending down, just doing what everyone else is, tying their shoelaces. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Oh, he's so funny. So funny, isn't he, Martin? He's, he's certainly a character. Yes. Yes. Well, the other feature he contributes to is called Is It Woke? A very, very serious feature. Uh, it was really hard picking which one to use from the past year as we did some really wonderful ones. We had a wonderful piece on, on why uh, pot plants were, in fact, incredibly woke. But the one we chose was about the boat. Do you remember the, Do you remember this, Martin? Do you want to tell? Do you want to tell the listeners? Oh yes. Well, well, a, a boat got stuck in the Suez Canal, didn't it? <laughs> Actually, yes. caused quite a lot of uh, trouble for uh, financially for the for the world, um, and I think some people lost their jobs. So it was quite a serious matter. Is Evergreen woke? That's what I want to talk about. This is about the recent news that uh, the evergreen boat got stuck in the Suez Canal and everyone's trying to move it. They're trying to take it away. Just leave it be. Just let it do its thing. It's sitting there. It's worked hard. Why do we need Why do we need to remove it? Why are we spending all this time looking at a boat that's just sitting there minding its own business? To the well, floor, what do you both think? First of all, it, it is one of the um, busiest and most important trade routes. Uh, so it, it, is, it is quite handy for, for it to remain clear for traffic to pass uh, back and forward. Uh, they, why don't they no, just get little boats? Why don't they get little boats around the corner? They get out of their boats. They get on little paddling boats. They let, Evergreen is a big boat. It is a big, yeah. important boat. It's just minding its own business. Let it be. And Martin, I don't know if you've heard, but there are things such as planes and trains yes. and rafts and tunnels. Yes, where you can transport goods and services. Since when are we still going with these ancient ways of just passing through products on boats? The only thing that needs to be on boats are people. Yes. Well, I, I think I think there were qu quite a few people on the boat as well um uh, were you saying there were too many people on the boat no 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 not at all. i mean by all accounts did the correct amount of people what's um, the correct amount of people on a big boat martin i mean i i mean i'm not i don't know exactly nautical 
So if I was to hazard okay. a guess, maybe 10. Okay. I want to know what boats were trying to get past the Evergreen boat. Well, that's a good question. I think there were lots of boats trying to just Are there people on, past. is it people trying to get through? I mean, you say it's important. You say it's an important trade route. What are they trading? What yes, are they taking people, through? Is it people? Oh, well, I couldn't possibly say about that. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're allowed to say. if, if Martin's all, all for those... people on boats. Martin, you are allowed to say this is non-censored. Come on, you can. You can say what you like. Everything, it's no opinion is off the table, or is it on the table? No opinion is off or on the table here, Martin. Even for you. Probably grain. There's probably some DVDs in there. They're still quite DVDs. DVDs, you have to be very careful with no DVDs now. They're illegal. They are illegal. You can't if the if the evergreen boat is taking DVDs, then actually I think it's good that it's not going anywhere. Those have have you not seen the piracy ads, Martin? They're oh, dangerous. I think, I think that's only if you steal. People them, put it on but... and they think they're getting one thing. They think they're watching Dumbo, and actually it's French porn. That may be the case. I I just feel that um, you know, call, calling the ever given uh, woke. Is is perhaps um, well? It uh, is. I mean, you're right. It's not. Where, but what it's doing is, I hadn't realised is that of course it's it's trading illegal DVDs. Why is this not more talked about? This of is course, a huge yeah. deal. Of course, it's work. This big boat goes to a place that it has no business being. Over, it's too big for the place, and now all these little boats yes. have to have to push it out of its own trouble. You should know where you can and can't fit. Don't put your nose where it doesn't belong. That's what wokeness is about, isn't it? Just putting your nose in places that it just doesn't belong. Yes, this is a big wokey boat. And do you know what? Often I get accused of in this show of not changing my mind. Well, actually, I have changed my mind. I I was all for the evergreen. I thought I, I wanted its right to exist. But now I see that it's doing it by quite dodgy means. and. Mm. As you say, Shan, it's where it doesn't belong. It's trying to get all the DVDs out to the good people of England. And that's just not on. That's just well, not on. Also, I can't believe that this boat was stocking and trying to trade DVDs when the world has moved on to streaming and it got stuck in a canal. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe can, it. Can I, that, very funny. Very funny. I, I hope very they don't funny. sue us. Martin. I hope they don't... Martin, I don't sue... know why you try with these jokes. It's just... S- sue us. You They're two have... different words. And it's spelt Suez. I'm sorry, you don't have you don't have the natural wit of Ishan. It's, it's, it's not your forte. So, um, so that's, that's two votes for, for Woke, uh, which means, once again, I, uh, I lose that round. So I'll just mark that up. Now in the show we have phone-ins. We have phone-ins. Oh, we get so many phone-ins, don't oh, we, yes, Martin? Absolutely, we love them. <laughs> but in the past year, the, the amount of phone calls we got really was about hashtag Partygate. Absolutely, I've actually uh, thrown together a few clips just to demonstrate how much conversation there's been around this particular issue. The thing is, they're saying there was a party in Downing Street. Uh, no, there was no party. 
Boris Johnson has said himself that there was no party. And I think he'd know, I think he'd know because it was his house. You don't have parties in your house. That doesn't happen. I don't like that there was a party in Downing Street. It was just, it was just one little party. One tiny little party. I, I, I'm sorry, but just one party, that's barely a party. That's just a little blip on your consciousness. It's really quite ridiculous how the government is being held to account like this for something so small. Boris said he was angry, but I don't, I don't think he was angry. Of course he was angry. Of course he was angry. Look, what you've got to understand is OK. There was a few uh, or several debauched, sick-up-the-walls parties. But it's not like they took place on the very night before the Queen was forced to attend her husband's funeral alone. And anyway, the Prime Minister didn't know. He didn't know. He wasn't there. Boris Johnson, he said he wasn't at the parties, but he was. How are we supposed to trust him? He didn't know it was a party. He may have been there, but he didn't understand. It's very hard to know whether you're at a party unless Sue Gray is there to tell you that it's a party. What we really need to do is set out some clear definitions of what a party is. We haven't done that, so therefore our Prime Minister and lots of members of government are just flailing about in the dark. So, Harriet, the thing I want to talk about is the, these parties that, that, that Boris was having. Uh, well... I, I can't talk about that, can I? Can't talk about it. It's, it's a it's an ongoing police investigation. You don't when there's a murder investigation, you don't have the murderers talking about it, do you? No, they're quiet. They're getting on with their day. Maybe murdering other people. Maybe just feeding their fish. You don't know. But there is a reason for that, and we respect the law. And I'm respecting the law, and therefore I'm not talking about the parties because I don't know about what the parties was until the police say. Thank you. Harriet, I'm, I'm just really glad the police are finally stepping in to look at this. It's, it's about time. They've waited too long. I don't know. I don't trust the police. They're very wokey. There's lots of wokeness that's infected the police. You can't trust them. They're always... They're, I mean, what are they doing getting involved trying to, trying to question the government? I mean, they've clearly been infected by the woke agenda who want to persecute the government. And it makes me sick. They make me sick. I don't know, Harriet. Like, the police say it was fine, but I just don't trust their judgment. Uh, ha- sorry, are you criticising our police? Is that is that what's happening here? You're criticising the great British institution that is the police. The police that have helped your children, have helped your wife, have helped your neighbours, and you're questioning them. Who are you? Sorry, who are you? Who Who actually are you? We also, on this programme, speak to the biggest names in politics. In the past year, and last June in fact, as soon as Matt Hancock resigned, we knew we had to get to the nub of the matter. So we interviewed the only person who could offer their absolute expertise. Nadine Dorries, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Hello. This is this is um, this is culture. This is this is culture. Yes, and of course, I mean the, the thing is, Nadine, when we when we read about this story, we thought there's only one person. There's only one person who can take us through what is really going on here, what is happening, why it's happened, how we should feel about it. Is Matt Hancock a sex symbol now? I don't know. 
I, I don't know. And, and I know. This I do is know. Your, this is your expertise. Matt Hancock, you know, I've worked alongside him and, you know, he's always been very appreciative of me who isn't. Um, and as I said to him, you know, go where your heart tells you to go. And frankly, the way I see it, that if he's, you know, slow dancing in his office with um, a woman who'll have him, then he's not doing parkour in there. And this is going to be great for the plasterers because they were sick of coming in there and fixing things. He does a lot of parkour in the office. Ordinarily, he's not now. He's just doing love parkour. Is this the romance of the century? Uh, that's what I want to know. I mean, he's walked away from his job. He's like, you know, he's like a, a king who's abdicated from the throne because he fell in love with the wrong woman. But in this case, he just fell in love with a woman during COVID and they, they, you know, they, they kind of ignored COVID rules. But it's the same kind of thing, isn't it? Falling in love with the wrong person. Yes, and in some ways the wrong person was the right person. And at the end of the day, how are you supposed to keep up with rules when you've got so much to do, he was the health secretary. That was an awful lot of stuff for him to do. So how is he meant to keep up with rules? And that's why he, um, I suppose, the left would say broke the rules. I would say he fell in love. I, I sort of feel that it, it uh, really is the, the modern day real life uh, story of um, of Shrek, of course, because, yeah. you know, Shrek right. has... You know, that's, it's a great love story of our time. I, I think everyone can recognise that and relate to it. Um, Martin, he, he, how is it know, like Shrek? Well, he, you know, he was I alone. think I think it's he like Shrek. Alone. I it, do think it's like Yes, and his, his life was a swamp. And the, yes, uh, I agree. Then, then along came his princess, who, who uh, rescued him from it, but not without some capers along the way. Who's the donkey in this scenario? The donkey is Michael Fabricant because he's so funny. I think, I think really, that's really exactly how, that's exactly, I mean, I, 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 think, I can't unsee I, it. Once you see it that way, you can't unsee it. I think Michael Fabricant would be up for being a donkey, you know. I think he would take that role very nobly because that's the great thing about Michael Fabricant. He stands up and he, he, he takes the role he's given. And I think he'd, he'd do yes. that. I think he'd be the donkey. Yes, he's very funny, very, very funny man. Um, a lot of people on the left are afraid of humour and that's why they're afraid of him, Michael Fabricant the donkey. They aren't, they can't laugh, they can't laugh at themselves. So we have to laugh at them. Yes, and exactly, I love jokes. I love I loved jokes, I love laughter. Um, in my books, I have a lot of humour and people find them very, very funny, but they also have a lot of heart and romance and erotica and violence. I mean, this is why you're perfect to be a culture secretary, which is obviously a more of a secondary job. Um, yes, to to your to your writing as a, as an author but and it, a seductress. Yes. I mean, do you think would you be seduced by? I obviously, obviously, in the day, you're 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 not, you know you're not interested there. But would you think you'd be seduced? We've all seen Matt Hancock's moves. We've all seen them. Do you think they were some good moves? Um, my favourite, because obviously I've watched the video and it's very heartwarming and I think it's sick that people say, oh, why is he doing romantic. that? When... Yeah, I thought it was extremely romantic. Um, I wish them all the best. I think there wasn't a lady in the land whose thighs weren't a quiver when they saw Matt slow dance with his woman uh, and she, you know, she's probably a bit of a stuck-up cow. She wasn't really into it. Um, hand on the arse. 
I think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. I hope very, that um, very gently put his hand on the arse as well. It was a very gentle movement. He's very tender, very man. sensual. I felt yes, he, and it's it's funny because he's got he's got a strong arm. He's not afraid to leap a wall in a park, but he's not going to put a firm hand on a lady. And I think that's something the left could learn a lot about. We've seen how strong he can be. Yeah, which is once again just like Shrek. Oh, it was wonderful listening to that again, wasn't it, Martin? Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> what, a, what a woman. It, what a woman. What a woman. It does make you think about what's happened since. I mean, Matt Hancock is, is now a sex symbol. He wears a sexy polar neck. It's really, really quite enticing. And I hear he's becoming an author and is a regular podcast interviewee. So hopefully one day he will come on this podcast. I, I'm, I'm sure he's writing a, a letter of application as we speak. <laughs> Now, on this show, we do interviews with serious political figures, but they're not always politicians. This interview took place just after the Oscars when Will Smith famously slapped Chris Rock. I asked producer Martin to book in a slapping expert, but there was some uh, miscommunication and instead, we got a wokey lawyer, didn't we, yes, Martin? Yes, yes. Um, it was still a riveting conversation and <laughs> I, think, I, I think Will Smith still got the, the drubbing that he deserved. Right, yes, without further ado, here is the interview with Charlie Holt, campaign's lawyer for Greenpeace and English Pen. I am delighted to welcome to the show Charlie Holt, who... uh, Oh, how we would describe your job, Charlie? He said professionally prevents hippies getting sued for the eco-terrorist Greenpeace and most recently has been stopping oligarchs exercise their fundamental human rights to manage their reputation, which he does for English Pen, which, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Charlie, stands for poets, playwrights, editors, essayists, novelists, but not, however, I notice, joke writers. So no protection for Chris Rock then, Charlie? Well, I, I mean, I think that would go somewhat beyond our, our remit. But I, I would say that the... the beyond acronym... your remit? What do you mean? What, so they don't, they don't count, do they? They don't count. Because especially the, 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 un, the unwokey ones like Joe Rogan, you wouldn't protect them. Well, we protect freedom of expression more broadly. Oh, and, of, and, oh so you're for free speech. Uh, absolutely. And, and our understanding of what constitutes a writer has, has evolved a, over the ages. In fact, the acronym, as, as you unpacked it, is very mm-hmm. different from how it was first defined when English Pen was established in 1921. So we have a very broad understanding of, of, of who constitutes a writer and whose speech we should be protecting, which, of course, we do think is a universal so, right. So I think what I want to start with, Charlie, is say... Do you think that you will use what happened at the Oscars to promote your work in slaps? Would I use what happened in the Oscars to to, to promote our... Could you perhaps elaborate on that? So to to clarify, Will Smith came up on stage and he slapped Chris Rock. That's correct. I I mean, I'm not sure whether or not you fully understood the concept of a a slap there. Or or, 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 or whether... I mean, I don't mean mean to patronise. I'm just wondering whether or not someone has has unpacked that that acronym. All right. I know you. All right. You tell us 
what SLAPS means to you. Well, f- first of all, I mean, SLAP is an acronym. Okay. Uh, it, it, when we're not talking about a, a physical SLAP here. We're talking about a strategic lawsuit against public participation. It, it, it's, a, it's a type of abusive lawsuit, which is filed with the purpose of shutting down speech uh, and, and speech which is uh, in the public interest, critical speech, speech which aims to advance accountability, which to hold the, the powerful to account. Right, That's so, a speech wait, sorry, all this is, is getting very wordy. Who do you target? Who are you targeting with these, you know, getting against the slaps? Who does the slaps? Well, the slap litigants, those people who file the slaps, uh, tend to be very wealthy people. They oh. tend to be very powerful oh, people. Yeah. And these tactics are used and these m- abusive lawsuits are facilitated by the same law firms, London-based law firms. We see them keep um, keep coming up. But, I mean, it's important to separate out those who are litigating from those who are the litigants. Wait, that's, sorry, so I'm going to pause you there, Charlie, because you've done that very sort of lawyery thing of, of using lots of words. Mm. Um, so I, I'm just going to sort of uh, map it out here for, for the, the listeners. And please correct me if I'm wrong. So slaps are where um, men, I assume often men, um, in a very sort of defi- decisive, strong and masculine way uh, nobly defend their reputation probably their family's reputation as well i mean it's tenuous but they still they're protecting their family against Um, tenuous tenuous is right that against bullies like i don't know like journalists who write nasty things about them or or just little little wokey people who do little wokey things to make their life unpleasant I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Can I just challenge your characterization there yes, of, of, well, of, of, no, of, of I'm all up your, under, your understanding of a bully? My understanding of a bully is someone who exploits a power imbalance to impose their will on others for, by force uh, or by coercive means. Now, a lawsuit is a coercive means of imposing uh, someone's will. Is that not archetypal bullying? No, and this is why we yeah, talk about yes, legal but, uh, bullies uh, here. Yes, but excuse me, Charlie. Surely using a lawsuit... Is, is just their God-given right. I mean, it's not their fault that they're wealthy. They've got lots of money. And you're saying that they can't use any of that. You're saying they can't use the tools they have at their disposal to attack attack the people who are destroying them and their families. Well, look, you're, you're, you're right. You are right to say that I am saying that these people shouldn't be allowed to use the courts to attack their critics. Absolutely. Everyone has a right to use the courts. No one has the right to abuse the courts. In particular, you've been cracking down on oligarchs, haven't you? Can you you explain to us a bit about that? Absolutely. The the UK, as uh, Oliver Buller has described it, is the butler of the world, servicing and facilitating dirty money. It's rather lovely. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. in, in, in this world, it, it depends who you're serving there. And I mean, the people who are serving are the very worst elements of, of, of the global kleptocratic system. You're talking about uh, oligarchs, uh, criminals, uh, all of those who are seeking ways to launder their money and launder their reputation will look first to London. I, is that something that we should be proud of? I okay, would say well, sorry. no. Uh, sorry, if dirty money is so bad, surely money laundering is a good thing. I, I mean, I, I don't really know where to, to start with. I mean, I, I mean, again, I don't mean to patronise you, but are you sure you understand what, what laundering here means? I don't know. I mean, it seems we have very, very different moments. You're, you're the expert, so you, you tell me. Look, I mean, if you just need to look at the research which Global Witness has done on this, it's shown the vast scale 
of money laundering, uh, of efforts to clean up and facilitate and and, and block efforts to uh, hold those to account for those who are engaging this type of, of dirty money. I mean, just look at Companies House. 335,000 of the listed companies in, in on, on Companies House do not reveal the name of their beneficial owners. That's a that's a real problem we have here. As Global Witness has shown, 4,000 of the names on Companies House, it appears to reveal turn out on close inspection to belong to children aged two or under. Now, I ask you, is, is that really something that we should be proud of here in the UK? You know, producer Martin, he's mm. using quite a lot of numbers there, didn't yes. you? We didn't, we yes. didn't prepare any numbers. Well, well I, I've got numbers. Have if you got, if you want got numbers. numbers? Yes, um, please. Yeah, well, I, I was just, just going to say, um, fascinating. Thank you for, for coming on the show. Uh, thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure um, to be here. Um, I, I just did want to say that um, it, it does it does actually sound a lot like the uh, the, the the Oscars slap, to be honest. I mean, someone that was, was, was very more powerful. I've seen him in yeah. iRobot. Uh, he's a very powerful man. And there he was using his power to defend his wife. Um, I mean, not just, just, I mean, just I, one, I, I, one I, opinion. I, I, look, also, it, it, sorry, just to one, one other point. Um, he, he does have a butler as well, doesn't he? Jeffrey. What, does Will Smith have a butler? Yes, in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is Jeffrey, who's a British butler. So the, 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 the parallels, no, I just, are, they I'm just keep sure on coming I through. Quite, I quite, I, I'm not sure I, I quite follow this, this analogy. You could. It, Martin, that's very clever. You could use this for your slap campaign. I think we've sorted. Wait, so who is who is campaign. as in as in Will Smith here is the the slapper, the slap. He slapped. I mean, he, he slapped is. Chris Rock. There's a video. You should, lots have you seen? of you know, lots of people saying, "Oh, he shouldn't. He's abusing his privilege." But was he, or was he defending his I mean, wife? Maybe I should just make clear here that that neither of the organisations I represent ha- uh, take a position on 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 the Chris Rock. Very convenient. And that, I, isn't I it? couldn't say whether or not there is a, a power imbalance between yeah. the two in a way which represents the, the problem of UK courts. I, and I, is there any position on Jazzy Jeff? I'm sorry, who is Jazzy Jeff? Is his best friend in, in, in the Fresh Prince? In the Fresh Prince. I mean, I, I, I got. I, I have to admit, I don't. I don't know. Uh, That's fair Fresh enough. What would you say to the accusations of oligarchophobia? I'm 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 afraid I'm not sure I've I've heard this word before oligarchophobia. I'm well, it's it's discrimination against oligarchs because that's what you've been doing, isn't it? Specifically, at the moment, you've been targeting oligarchs, haven't you? Well, I mean, I, I would and, say and that. And why? What's so wrong with oligarchs? They've made their money. They've made Britain their home. They do wonderful things for the Tory Party. Why are you discriminating against the oligarchs? Well, look, this isn't about oligarchs anyway. It's a much broader issue than that. Like mm-hmm. I said before, this is an issue which encompasses all those who are trying to block accountability. And they might be doing that for any number of reasons and for, for to, to, to try and obscure any number of activities. Not Like I said, money, money laundering is an example of that. This is, this is a much broader issue about ways in which the rich and powerful block accountability and shut down speech, which is critical of their activities. And that has broader implications for democracy, for free speech, uh, and, and for the, 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 the reputation of this country, I, I would contend. And so I've, I think, you know, I, it would be a mistake to narrowly focus on oligarchs in any, in any event. But I mean, when we are talking about oligarchs, we are talking about issues of public interest. You know, about when we say about where their money comes from, how they're spending it. Well, where does their money? Where does their money come from? Well, I mean, I'm. I, this is a, a a a broader issue. I'm not going to get down into specifics here. Um, well, listen, um, Charlie, we're going to wrap this up now. So I, I've just got one final question. 
Obviously, in your work with Greenpeace, you've de- defended a lot of eco-terrorists and sort of demented I mean, I hippie would, types. I would challenge that. Um, that, that, that have you have you ever or have you not ever blocked a road? Um, I I haven't. I haven't blocked a road. I haven't no. blocked a road. I, I, I mean, I, I don't... How interesting. But you're, defend, you're defending people Well, no, because I, I don't think... I think I think you're thinking of the wrong group there. I, that, that That's not Greenpeace. I think you're talking about Insulate Britain. Well, it's all very similar, isn't it? I mean... They all hang around um, together. They all talk about climate change. And they they all stop look, 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 stop me look, getting the tube. Look, climate them. activism is is a growing movement. It's it's a great. It's becoming bigger and more diverse. You can't lump oh, everyone together who believes and and cares about the future of 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 our of our generation on a future generation. Ah, see, that's the problem with it with this diverse word, isn't it? This diversity it just it just makes it all so wokey. You're like, oh no, it's people are different. People are different sections. Yes, I know, and everyone is going to be impacted by climate change and about according to uh, yourself and uh, other Greta uh, Thunbergs. Um, anyway, well, Charlie, thank you so much for coming on the show. You have been non-censored. So that was the best of last year. We are going to start getting up to date. There is a podcast with the best of last week's show, which should be wherever you get your podcasts today. I get mine from my phone. Um, Martin, can you can you tell them how they get the links? I, I don't know. Absolutely. I don't Just simply click like and subscribe, and it should all end up in your little podcast bin ready to listen to. In fact, uh, the next podcast should start playing immediately after this. And tell, tell them to leave a good review, oh, Martin. We need good yes, reviews. Yes, five stars, please. We don't need fours or threes. Just five fives. stars. No. No, that's a loser's game. Thank you to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Suze Kempner, Charlie Holt and Ed Morish. And we will see you very soon. <laughs> <laughs>